0: Looking for your next TV show or movie to binge? Well, buckle up, grab the remote, and settle into your couch for this special edition of Crossing the Streams. We're here to help you tune in and get the most out of those 50 monthly streaming channels you're currently paying for. So without any further ado, here's your host of Crossing the Streams, Jeff Dwoskin.
1: Hey, everybody, it's Jeff Duaskin. Great to have you back for another bonus episode. Hopefully you've been busy digging into our back catalog, crossing your own streams, and you're back for more. We got more for you. Don't you worry about that. The bonus episodes have been a big hit, so we're going to keep them coming week after week. Every Thursday, we bring you three segments right here from our live show, Crossing the Streams. Live show? Jeff? This isn't the live show. No, this is a selective recap of various segments from various episodes. But you can join us live every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Go to YouTube, search The Jeff Jawoskin Show. Subscribe to the channel and you'll get alerted. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jeff is funny. You'll get alerted there also. You can comment along. This bonus episode of Crossing the Streams is chock full of great suggestions for you. We have The Cabin with Burt Kreishire, pulled from episode 54. We have Murder Among the Mormons, going all the way back to live episode 16. And Val from episode 36, with a bonus of Kid 90 thrown into that segment. So sit back and enjoy Crossing the Streams. It's me and my buddies. We're just talking about shows that we love with hopes that you'll love them too. Let's kick off with the first one. Let's head right into The Cabin with Burt Crushire. Take it away, Howard Rosner. Right now, we're going to talk about The Cabin with Burt
0: Crusher. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who Burt is, Burt is the machine, it's his famous routine. He's a stand up comic. He takes his shirt off at the beginning of every one of his specials. I, I think as, as, as a stand up, he's really good. Not as traditional. I think he's just a great storyteller. Colors the story as well. The Machine Story, which actually they just finished wrapping the Machine Story, basically, with he's playing himself and Mark Hamill is playing his dad in the movie. Uh, so that'll be out this year sometime <laughs> uh, in 2022 20, sometime. Anyways, normally I don't like this type of show because I can't stand what is essentially scripted reality, right? I hate it. It's just... It's like, if I want to watch fiction, I'll watch fiction. I don't want to watch something that I know is fake. And this is kind of set up that way. The gist of it is he does so much with his life. He does stand up. He does his podcasts, He does so much that his wife told him to go away to have some alone time. So he rented a cabin in the woods in uh, the hills in California. But he, because he couldn't be alone with himself, he invited friends to come up and see him. Obviously, that's, you know, scripted. It's not the case. But the two things that make it... So every episode, he has a different group of friends. The first episode is Tom Segura, who's a great stand-up, and his best buddy. They do a podcast together. And Joey Diaz, who's also a hysterical stand-up. Another episode has got Nikki Glaser and Caitlyn Jenner. Another episode has got Kaylee Cuoco, Joel McHale, and Miss Pat comic. Then he's got uh, Anthony Anderson... Dion Cole and uh, Big J Okerson, and then the final episode is uh, Bobby Lee and uh, Donnell Rawlings. I think Bobby Lee. So, wow, he's thankful yeah. for that role. Yeah, Bobby, yeah. Bobby Lee's in the new
1: Bobby Lee's in the new Sex and the City reboot. I worked with Bobby. Lee. I,
0: yeah. I did one
1: show with him once. It's crazy. So, yeah.
0: So, so the gist of the show, like I said, is his friends are coming up to enjoy some spirituality and zen. So every episode they have some activities that he has planned like axe throwing, rolfing, beekeeping, um and you know some, <laughs> some yeah, some comedy uh ensues from that. So it's kind of cheesy, but there are in every one of the episodes, there are some poignant moments which weren't clearly weren't scripted. Like uh the episode with Caitlyn Jenner and Nikki Glaser, Bert is talks about how his dad, who was a huge track and field guy loved and idolized Bruce Jenner. And they actually, he says, would it be okay if we called my dad right now? So they call his dad on cell, and his dad just is so praiseworthy for him and what he meant to him. And, uh, and it's just, it's funny and it's nice. And then they hang up and Bert is literally in tears because he says, I've, I've never heard my father talk that way to anybody. Um, and, and you're like, wow, that, that was a spiritual moment for Bert. You know, there's, there's some other things like miss Pat is a train wreck. She's crazy crazy. And she tells Kaylee Cuoco who the fuck would watch that show about Big Bang Theory. And, but then there's some moments where she talks about her life and, um, you know, just how she survived. And and again, there's, there's just some, uh, amongst the craziness, there's some, there's some good moments. It is a super easy show. You'll finish the five episodes, you know, they're 23, 24 minutes, whatever it is. You'll, sit down and watch them all the way through. It's not earth shattering. It's not mind blowing. It's not informative.
2: It's, it's not informative. Anything.
0: No, it's not. It's not. But it's it, not is, it is anyway. It's inner but it's really entertaining. You know, it's one that you don't have to be locked into with your eyes on the screen the entire time. Um, but there are some moments if you do that where you're like, wait, what the hell did they just say? Where you have to rewind to hear that. Um, it's really entertaining. I really recommend it. I, I love Bert. I follow him on social media. I think he's hysterical. I think he's really honest. And he's and an excellent comedian. I like yeah. him. Yeah, he's good. He's not um, like Tom Segura, like I said, his buddy is, uh, I think, a better joke writer, a more traditional hmm. joke punchline. Bert is far more um, storytelling, but he's a great storyteller. Uh, the Machine Story, if you've never seen it, uh, Google it. It's about how he got involved with the Russian mob one summer in college. Burt, by the way, is Ryan Reynolds' trivia. Bert is considered uh, the loose uh, basis for the Van Wilder character, because when he was in Florida State, Bert was voted the biggest partier in America, at Florida <laughs> State. Wow. Uh, so he he's he's yeah, loosely considered the yes. basis of Van Wilder. So yeah, it's Netflix. It's really easy watch. Um, I'll check that out. I I'll like it. It's uh, a good recommendation for me. I'm convinced. I'm it's convinced. Nice. I'm gonna yeah. check it out. Yeah,
1: I will too. Man. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Howard Rosner. And thank you also for that Van Wilder trivia. You never know what's going to pop up in one of these discussions. All right. That was The Cabin with Bert Crushier, episode 54. If you want to check out the full hour episode that that came from. Up next, we have Murder Among the Mormons, a documentary that Ron Lippitt's going to take us through from episode 16. Take it away, Ron. So let's jump right in and talk about murder among the Mormons.
2: Some Mormon murdering. We're going to get right into it. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. So listen, I have always been fascinated by the Mormon church. I I, I cannot speak for the rest (laughs) of you guys, but I I find this church and and their adherents an absolutely fascinating community. I read a lot about it. For those of you who, who may have seen it john krakauer uh wrote an unbelievable book uh called under the banner of heaven has anybody read that um it's an yeah. expose and it's riveting and it discusses the formation and growth and uh, kind of all the modern issues that the mormon church had to navigate things like polygamy and domestic abuse and racist allegations and and all these things and for whatever reason. The Mormon Church, now known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, persists. And at one point, just not that long ago, actually was the fastest growing religion in the United States. Can you guys believe that? And it's true. So um, when Netflix produced this uh, three-part documentary, which is, by the way, directed by Jared Hess. Anybody know Jared Hess?
1: Oh, yeah, Jared Hess. But tell him more.
2: Jared Hess wrote and directed Napoleon (laughs) Dynamite. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um <laughs> right. So I jumped on it because I I knew it was going to throw some kind of Mormon wrinkle into this that I hadn't heard about already and I'm just fascinated by it as I said. So and it it, it turned out it absolutely is fascinating. So the story is uh centered on three bombings in Salt Lake City that happened in 1985 hmm. which uh, killed a couple people, injured a few more, and they were all around this circle of people who dealt in the collection of rare documents and particularly documents from the 1800s, which uh, shine a light on the forming of the Mormon church and its founder, Joseph Smith. So brief history lesson, the the Book of Mormon uh, was supposedly transcribed by Joseph Smith from a magical golden series of plates that he dug up in his own uh, backyard in upstate New York. And he was led to the exact spot by an angel named uh, Moroni. And fast forward to the 1980s, and the central figure in this documentary is this genius young document collector, uh, and this is all true, by the way, Mark Hoffman, who unveils a, a series of documents that he's discovered, uh, including one bombshell document that is nicknamed the Salamander Letter. And the Salamander Letter is um, it's a it's a document that that were Joseph Smith's lead disciple reveals that there was no angel in fact Joseph Smith was led to the golden plates by a white salamander and <laughs> right so the salamander letter like rocks the very foundation of the church as you might imagine and all these old white mormon leaders are scrambling they're they're like forced to defend like the very foundation of the religion after all these documents that this Mark Hoffman uh, has uh, discovered are all independently verified to be authentic. And now that now the church has got to deal with all these people asking questions about the book of Mormon and why a salamander was never mentioned. And, and, and then all of a sudden these bombings come and people start to believe that the church is starting to cover this thing up to handle this, you know, in a really different way. Everybody's freaking out. And all the while Mark Hoffman, this genius um, seemingly can find any rare document he wants. And they all want to know where he's getting all this. And uh, it's not ruining the show for me to tell you what happened because this is actually, this is real and you could you could look it up. Uh, but Mark Hoffman turns out was not a genius uh, document collector. Rather, he turns out to be a genius forger and he created all of this stuff. And literally everything he found was handcrafted by himself. And it turns out um, the dude, actually is a flat out psychopath murderer and that's that is the right, epicenter yeah. so, of the story so it is boiler well it's not a spoiler cuz it's all it's all news you know it is an amazing story and it it is it takes a bunch of different turns uh including the ending which i did not even tell you the complete ending so uh i highly recommend it it's fascinating i find the mormons continue to be fascinating i hope you guys too so it's uh four or five uh, tomato sauce jars <laughs> yeah.
1: i i watched the first two all right um, they- they have uh, one of the one of the Bob keeps disappearing. They had the who's the one guy that's kind of like the whisperer from uh, Game of Thrones. looks <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, With the, yeah. But it's yeah. it, but it is
1: it is fascinating to me. Just like how much, you know, the cover up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it'd be like, if like, all of a sudden I was like, it wasn't three wise man. It was just some guy, a chicken and a rooster. You yeah, know? It's it was true.
2: Like, Well, it's, it's like, um, you know, I, I, and I don't know anything about the Mormons today, but I'll just say this. They are, they are one of the most secretive societies in the world. Right. Um, they're, they're very foundation, the way it's led, even the physical church itself. You're not allowed in, you have to, you have to actually have credentials to get physically into these churches, you know, to have a, have this guy blow it up with this with this authenticated letter is was an amazing story. Wow. Uh, I've, I have two questions. Uh, one, how many episodes is this series? Well, I can uh, tell and you. The second, the, the second question, I'm sorry. Uh, Howie, what did you do with all of the combs from that barber <laughs> cup that you're drinking from? It's impressive, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, watch him drink this like barber thing. <laughs> I was like, what is hey, this? Uh, Bar- Barbicide everyone (laughs) great
1: great news everyone casey ryan plot for those of you tuning in to crossing the streams for the first time casey ryan plot when he shows up which is most of the time we try and convince him to watch these shows so getting a convince from casey ryan plot is amazing appreciate it zach
2: Zach, it's three episodes three i think i think each episode's probably 45 50 minutes yeah now, does it do, does it do that thing that some Netflix things do where it, they kind of stretch it out? It, it should be like a tight movie and they pull it out to make actual episodes or yeah. does it does it yeah. keep you kind of engaged all the whole time? Yeah, well, it, I think it does stretch it out. It, yeah. They could have made it a single documentary, but I, I will say this. It is – they go deep into the context of the church. What would allow something like this to blow it up the way it did? Um, so it's kind of like a history lesson and a documentary. So cool. that's why it, it was uh, three episodes.
1: Yeah, I them. Um, Wow, it's it's it was definitely, definitely interesting. Definitely worth checking out. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Ron, you convinced Casey it's this is it's a good day. All right. Thank you, Ron. Ron always comes up with some of the greatest documentaries on any of the streaming services. That was Murder Among the Mormons from episode 16 of Crossing the Streams. And our final segment for this bonus episode, I'm going to talk about Val. This is from episode 36. It's a really cool documentary. And then Howard Rosner swoops in with a very similar documentary called Kid 90. So we bundle them both up into one segment for you. Enjoy. This is a documentary called Val that I watched. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, and this is a um Val is a documentary on Val Kimmler made by Val Kimmler. And so Val Kimmler, who I I will say up front, I love Val Kimmler. I think mm. I thought he was one I think he's one of the great actors. I always enjoyed him, no matter what he was in. And so this movie, so Val Kimmler had a video camera. When people didn't have video cameras you know kind of like he had the 500 pound video camera and he took it everywhere so he happened to have been documenting his life along the way and so this is his way of telling his story so one of the reasons he's telling the story and the, one of the touching things about it he's doing this with his son who for three quarters of the movie provides val Kilmer's voice. Mm. So Val Kimmler, if you've seen photos of him of recent, doesn't look like the Val Kimmler that we grew up knowing from Top Gun and all that kind of stuff. So he had cancer. He fought cancer. He survived the cancer. But it left him with uh, two tracheotomies. And Mm. so the only way he can talk, literally, it was was heartbreaking, is uh, it controls his breath, the air intake. And so the only way he can talk, and I will not imitate it, but is that he pushes on it to stop the flow of air for breathing Mm. and then he can push out words Mm. um so it's it's hard for him to communicate very hard i don't want to say think steve hawking but you know along those lines so a lot of the voices he clearly wrote that the narration and his son did it unless it was him in footage that he took so he takes us through his childhood where he grew up and. He lived on this, this big area with this big house and with his brothers and his mom and his dad. And his brother was what probably would have been an amazing filmmaker. He was extremely creative. He's an artist and had an epileptic seizure, epileptic fit in a hot tub and drowned when he was mm. 15, I think 15. Mm. So there's actually movies and they they show you where he has his, his, his brother's art like in the scene. You know, hmm. it's it's a touching thing. So Val went to Juilliard and he went to be an actor and was like the youngest person <coughs> ever uh, admitted to Juilliard. And so he's got footage of all this. And it's interesting because I, and I forgot to write down the name of the person that he eventually married and later divorced who he had his kids with. But when he was shooting um, Top Secret in Paris or London, mm-hmm. he went and saw a play and fell in love with this woman in the play. And then years later, they ended up in the movie Willow together. Mm. And from there, they started dating, fell in love, yeah. and got married. They just coincidentally ended up together wow. there. So he takes us through like uh one, an early play that he was supposed to be the lead in and then became the third lead because Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon, they were able to get them. So he's got footage from them from... Uh, like decades decades ago this stuff that would never exist because no who had video cameras back then you know and takes us through all of his different movies and and some of the feelings that he had during the movies and it's it's really interesting kind of hearing his perspective Val Kimmler's reputation in Hollywood is that he was very difficult to work with and and all that kind of stuff which may or may not be true I mean this didn't bring that but this brought his point of view to it the one thing that is clear regardless of the uh, impression of it was is how passionate and true to the art of um of acting it was it was interesting because one of the scenes he's he's showing how because he had this video camera he knew they were making uh, apocalypse now so he would he filmed his own audition tapes and mm-hmm. he like flew wow. and hand delivered it didn't get but that's how he got the doors he shot himself as jim morrison he wanted you know mm-hmm. and then they they hired him as jim morrison they it's really interesting I, I think we all have probably seen the doors and how amazing sure. he was and that and but just how it he studied jim morrison and learned all his and i think he actually sang in the movie too he did but he and, and so just how he went through that entire process and you know and how a lot of this ultimately led to his divorce because it was just you know you're always away and all that kind of stuff and the heartache of playing batman and he called that like being in a soap opera because there was literally nothing he could do because he's in this restrictive suit. Yeah. And the real and the real stars of the movie were Tommy Lee Jones and the movie was, and Jim it was Harry. So horrible. Yeah. Poor guy. But that one wasn't hey. the worst. It got worse after that. Yeah, that, Joel right, Sh- that Joel Schumacher movie was was decent. And then I think it got worse after. The crime of that movie was robbing Billy D. Yeah, Williams. Billy D. Williams, Billy D. Williams of Becoming Two Face, which right, had right, been right. set yeah. up in the first two movies. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey, Jeff. If I could, I was gonna, I was gonna save it for next week. But uh, if I could now, because I think it makes sense here, uh, I'll do a different one next week. Interject with my bonus review for this week because it's so very similar. Is Kid Ninety on Netflix, which is Soleil Moon Fry, Punky Brewster? She did the same thing her entire life in Hollywood. She videotaped. Everything she did, she also saved all of her voicemails and all of her diaries, and she kept them locked away in boxes and never looked at them for, what, 30 plus years? And just this last year, unearthed them all and started going back. And just like Val Kilmer, she was filming it during an era when there was no YouTube, no social media, so everybody she would interview, which were all teen celebrities just like her they were it was candid because they weren't afraid of you know it was just their buddy Soleil doing it for her own sure. thing it's unbelievable to watch like just hanging out oh. in her basements like brian austin green and uh uh just all these musicians that were big at the time and it's it's a it's a little bit um it's a little bit you know i guess Putting her life in perspective, um, like, come on, you didn't realize that half of your friends were suicidal and on drugs, really? But it goes back through her career, starting as Punky Brewster, and then becoming adults, which I don't know if anybody remembers, but it was a big controversy when she decided to have breast reduction surgery. That was a huge deal. And then her trying to keep her career going as an adult, going to college, but the videos are amazing, and even better than that are these voicemails that these people left for her. There's a one thread that goes throughout the entire show is about her being a virgin, and then eventually losing her virginity, and who she loses her virginity to. Was um, it you, Howard? It was not. Oh. Uh, it was not. If you, I was hoping. <laughs> if, if you watch. If you watch this, it's a great special. She's really, really. Um, she goes through like all through her, all the way through college, um, hanging out as part of skateboard culture in New York. It's great. Very similar. It sounds like the Val and just looking back on her life. But the the videotaped footage is it's just pure. It was just raw footage that they edited for this special, but nothing staged. Like it's just. Hanging out in a bathroom smoking cigarettes with, um, with uh, what's her name from Roseanne, the youngest daughter from Roseanne, you know, um, from Big Bang Theory as well, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's great when you watch Val, take some time and watch Kid 90 as well, um, really, Val's really cool. on
1: Amazon and Kid 90 on Netflix. All right, our first twofer, that was Val and Kid90, both highly recommended. And that wraps up this bonus episode. We talked about those two and The Cabin and Murder Among the Mormons. You've got a lot of reasons now to stay claim to your favorite part of the couch. Cross your own streams until we meet again next Wednesday on the live show or right here on a bonus episode. Until then... I'm Jeff Jawaskin, and I'll see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to this special edition of Crossing the Streams. Visit us on YouTube for full episodes and catch us live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Now turn this off and go watch some TV. And don't forget to tell your family you'll be busy for a while.